Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. The title of today's message is Bright Shining in the East. And let's read our verse from this morning. It comes from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, and it says this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Looking for something super important, where is this new king? Have you ever followed directions to a certain place, and you get there, and you can't find what you were looking for? Like, where is this place supposed to be here? It's supposed to be in this little, that's what happened to the wise men. They follow this star, it only leads them so far, and they ask King Herod at that time, who was not a good guy, where's the king? We've come to worship him. We've come to see him. We've come to celebrate that God has stepped onto this earth. So merry and bright, the second word bright, what does it mean? It's that Jesus brings direction. I want you to know that Jesus is bringing direction to your life, whether you feel like it or not. That Jesus, maybe he's communicating to you right now in this moment what your next step is. You may not know what step 98, 99, 100 is, but I promise you a lot of us know what step one is to finally surrender and trust Jesus with our life. To truly to go all in with him or to finally end that relationship or stop that bad habit or be free from that chain of dark mental health that's been holding us down. Maybe there is a next step direction for you. What I love about the stars, it shines bright so it's easy to see. I love constellations. I I love learning about how to find them in the sky. And sometimes it doesn't work. A lot of times it doesn't work around the city where we live. You got to get out in the open lands where you can see the sky and see the stars that God placed there. And I want you to know today that maybe we can get away from all the noise of what's going on outside this room today, all the distractions, and simply look up and see the star of Jesus is shining. Because here's an encouragement I want to give you today, local city, is that Jesus would never turn away from any heart that is open to him. I want you to know that this morning, that Jesus would never turn you away. His posture is not like this. Get it together. No, his posture is like this. Hey, come on, I'm ready. Let's figure this out. Trust me with with your life. I got this. He would never turn you away. That's why he stepped into this earth. I know sometimes we have that fear that if Jesus knew everything about my heart or if he fully saw everything that I had done or thought, he'd turn away. But no, 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 no. That's not the heart of Jesus. It's not the heart of God. We can worship and celebrate that today because I want to give you this promise before we pray and jump into the heart of the message that those who seek him will find him every time. Turn to the person next to you, tell him every time. Every time. Every time you seek Jesus, you'll find him. Every time you look for him, you'll find him in new ways or the same ways that you just need to be reminded of. Because the promise of scripture that is on your notes is Jeremiah 29, 13, that you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Well, today my goal is to help you to see 
that you can seek Jesus just like the wise men with all your heart, with everything that you have. Would you pray with me today? Father, we thank you so much for a great day. Father, we thank you that you are with us this morning and that we're celebrating the gift of your son, Jesus. And God, I pray today that no one in this room would feel like you're turning them away and that all of us today would put our hearts and minds in a posture to seek you and know that we'll find you. Whether we're here in person or watching online, pray that you would remind us there is always hope and hope has a name and that name is Jesus. God, I'm thankful for everyone here in this room. I'm thankful for our kids team. God, we're praying for a little grace with our bucks this afternoon to get it together and keep moving forward. Let's go. In Jesus' name, we all say, come on, local city, give me a good amen, and let's jump into the message this morning. Thank you so much, Paige. That was awesome. And today I want to share with you just how much I love Christmas. Maybe you can see that, that I just love this season. And there's something special to recognize that it isn't just any holiday where people feel more generous, where people want to be together as a family. It is the holiday that centers around this, the birth of Jesus, the greater, greatest arrival in history, right? Like we've been walking through this devotional, this Behold 14-day devotional. We have some of, that, some of them at Connect Corner. They're at the link in our bio. We'd love for you to join us. We've got seven more days. But it all centers around this word Advent, which means the arrival of someone or something. And the birth of Jesus is the most important arrival ever. I've talked about before how we all have that friend that when they arrive, they love to make a scene. They love to be loud and excited. I'm here. The party can start. I'm here. The person of importance is here, right? Well, Jesus is that arrival, but he stepped into this world humbly and approachable and accessible. And today our attitude is to understand that the greatest arrival has already happened, so we simply receive it and look for it. Like yesterday, they pretty much take one word each day to break down, and yesterday the word was sing. I love singing Christmas carols, why I love today, and I love Christmas Eve. And they just have some beauty in the lyrics that are written in them. And it says that our one response for celebrating the things of Jesus is to sing and be excited about it. How many of you guys have ever been to a sporting event before, whether it's football or hockey? Only a few of us. Okay, well, no, no, there we go. All right, it's a little bit of crowd participation here on Sundays, just so you know. Um, but we, when you go to those games, a lot of times, it's not like a quiet place, right? Like, that's why I love going to lightning games here in our city of Tampa. It's not a quiet experience. When the, when the players skate out on the ice, woo! If they got the noisemakers, you're doing the little shaker things, or you're banging the sticks together, you're excited. People are cheering. Come on, when Thunderstruck starts playing, I'm ready to go. And when they score a goal, they got the big Tesla coils that light up and sound like lightning going throughout the building because when there's celebration, there's a reaction. And my fear for those of us who follow Jesus and have given our life to him is that we forget to shine bright and celebrate the goodness of God in our life. Like God has done some great stuff for us. God has moved in our life in a powerful way. And we should shine bright and celebrate that. So if I'm louder at the hockey game at night at Amelie Arena, more loud, um, if I'm louder there than I am in worship of Jesus, something is messed up. Something is wrong. Because as much as I love that hockey team, ain't nobody on that hockey team giving their life for me. They don't know who I am. The thing is, Jesus knows you and has given his life for you. And man, I gotta be excited about that. I gotta shine bright about that to those around me. And when we realize the star of Jesus and how powerful it is, we begin to shine bright to those around us. 
And what we begin to learn about life is it takes time. Like this recent, uh, I love putting up Christmas lights on my house. But it's taken some time this year because we have another kid. So I don't always get the free time to get out there and set everything up. But I figured I'd share with you what my house looks like. Did a decent job this year. I love it. Looks nice. It was Shepard's idea to put the little gingerbread man up there on the column. That Merry Christmas sign is something my grandfather made that, that has been in the family for like decades now. And, you know, it's holding on for dear life to be in my front yard to say Merry Christmas to my neighbors. I'm definitely the guy that goes all out in the neighborhood. Everybody else, you know, like a little wreath here, a little lights there. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, let's put up as much as we can. The star up on my chimney, had to go get that from my mom's house. So it took some time to get all this together finally. But I got to tell you, every night, I love walking over, plugging it in, stepping back and being like, ah, Merry Christmas, Ryan. This looks great. And then you go in, right? I just like that moment. It's important to me, okay? And what I've learned in my life is that life, write this down, life is a journey. And when we stop going through that journey, things don't go well. Life's a journey. You got to keep moving. got to keep going. Like, one of the things I didn't share with you is that there were consecutive mornings where I woke up and like half the house lights would be out. Because what happened was I got, too, I got a little too greedy. If you ever set up Christmas lights, you know you have a certain amount of lights that you can connect to each other. And once you get past like seven or eight strands, the first strand in the line will die, like the fuse will blow. And so I was, I was a little lazy. I was like, oh, you know what? I normally run it around the house to different spots. I'm like, I'll just run it all the way through this time. Woke up one morning, it was all burnt out. Fixed, fixed it like, not fully fixed it, but it did what was easy. Woke up the next morning, a little bit more burnt, less burnt out, right? Until finally I was like, all right, I'll do the work. I'll do what's needed. I'll go through the journey of setting these lights up, right? When we stop going through the journey, when we stop doing the hard work, things don't go well. What you need to understand about the wise men is that my nativity scene at home lies to me. And here's what I mean. <laughs> the wise men were not there when Jesus was born, immediately. It took some time. Now, as we're going to see in the next passage of Scripture, they saw the star right away when it appeared in the sky when Jesus was born, but it took them a couple years to get there. There were no, like, last-minute Priceline airline tickets to get to Bethlehem from where they were. There was no, like, day of savings to get there. No cars, no planes. They had to hop on their camels and ride out there. I've never ridden a camel before, but I can't imagine it's easy. And so they rode for years and went to, on the journey to seek the star, seek the person that the star celebrated. And I love the fact that we get to celebrate that moment, all their hard work. Adrian and I just got to do this this past Friday. For the whole month of December, Shepherd's preschool class has been working on their little drummer boy presentation at their school. Here's a picture of him, man. He looked so great that day. And there were like a ton of parents there, so that picture's taken from like 100 feet away. I had to zoom in on it. But he looks great. He's got his little candy tin, cookie tin drum. He's got his sticks. He was actually on beat. Did a really great job. He's got his glasses, and if you want to see what that moment was, you'll have to come to Christmas Eve because I'm showing a little video of it. But it was able to, to, to see these little kids' hard work and celebrate the journey they went through, how much fun it was, and how big, a, big of a hug we were able to give Shepard to say, congratulations, buddy, you did it. We're so proud of you. And I want you to know God wants to do that for you in your life. That when you work hard and when you go through stuff, 
God wants to celebrate when you arrive to the destination you've been working so hard for. But the thing is, those ideals, those things we're striving for have to align with the direction God is giving us, just like the wise men and the star. Let's keep reading in Matthew chapter 2. Here's what it says as we continue, starting in verse 7. Then Herod, who once again was a bad king, a bad guy, he called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. I, bol- I, I bolded that for you to remember that from the time the star first appeared, they were going on the journey. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. God's direction will never let you down. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Would you do me a favor and underline that? When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. I'm going to come to back to that in a second. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Now, there's some great things in this story. One of them is that they bring gifts because they recognize this is the king. Let me break down for you in 30 seconds what the gifts symbolize. Gold, a gift for a king. This is the king of the Jews. This is the king of kings and lord of lords. Number two, frankincense. It's incense that was lifted up to symbolize the prayers of people to God. Myrrh was an embalming oil to recognize death. Now, somber, but to realize that it wasn't just Jesus' destiny and calling to live as a baby, but to grow, to show us what the love of God would look like in human form, and also show how far God is willing to go to save us from our own messed up sins and mistakes through his death and resurrection on the cross. If you didn't know that, there you go. Some great stuff to, to grab a hold of this morning. But I also, says that lo- I also love that it says they went home another route because when you really have an open, honest experience with Jesus, you don't leave the same. You don't leave the same anymore. You feel seen, you feel heard, you feel understood. You feel that you've been redeemed and restored. You have an honest perspective now of just how many times you've messed up and how many mistakes you've made and how lost you are. But you realize, and they realize that even with this little baby, that, man, God is not far off. He's made a way when there was no way. He has been the miracle-working, promise-keeping God in my life the whole time. And I can't leave the same way. How can I not sing? How can I not cheer when God's done something in my life? When God has been there for me through thick and thin. What I love about Christmas plays for the kids is that every kid has the same reaction when they walk up on stage. Is that they walk up kind of a, you know, uh, you know a lot of people, a lot of, you know, some of you, like, you'd have a panic attack. If you walk up on stage and all you see is, well, not those anymore, these cameras on you, ah, right? And the kids walk up like that. But then they scan the crowd. This happens with Shepherd every time. They scan the crowd. And then they see Mommy and Daddy, and it turns from, oh, ah, ah, and they told me, right? Like, that's what happens. And I believe in our life, we do have to step onto the stage of life and the journey of life and follow that star when that's the only thing that we can see. And when we get to the destination, we look around and realize, oh man, God has been in this the whole time. 
I'm so glad he led me this way. I'm so glad I didn't follow my own understanding, but I leaned on him and trusted him and simply kept my eyes focused on the things of heaven and the star of Jesus that is shining in my life. What I love about this section of scripture is that it says, when the wise men saw the star, they had joy. See, some of us, we're waiting for God to finally do that one thing. We've said, God, do this in my life or I'm not gonna give you everything. Or we're waiting for everything to be figured out to finally trust Jesus with our life. Or we're waiting for X to happen and finally give God Y. Can I really encourage you today, local city church, that the star is shining in your life right now. Jesus has stepped into your life already and you simply have to receive it with joy saying I didn't deserve it but Jesus you came down from heaven to earth to show me the way to love me to show me that God knows who I am and he didn't leave me in my mistakes or in my darkness he has forgiven me he has shined a light of freedom on me and that is all I need to have joy in this life today come on local city I need you to help me out a little bit and be thankful for that today Come on, it's like we just scored a goal. We didn't do anything. I don't do anything in the stands when they score, but I sure do shout like we do, like I did. It's always funny in sports world where when your team is good, it's like, man, we're looking pretty good. When they're bad, like a lot of us have probably talked about the Bucks the last couple weeks, man, they stink, right? Like, man, we're doing good. They went out bad, yeah, they now, right? Well, listen, whatever's going on in our life, God is proud to say, hey, we're in this together. That's why Jesus came. And when you see the star in your life, maybe it was the encouragement from worship today or just someone being happy that you were here at church today. There's someone asking how you're doing. That star is shining and you can follow it today. Because here's the thing, one of the greatest joys of Christmas is that we now have access to a God who understands what we are going through in each and every moment. That's the beauty of Christmas. I'll let that quote sink sink into your life a little bit. It's the main, it is one of the main differences of why Christianity is not just a religion, it's a relationship. Because we have a God who understands what it's like. Have you ever felt betrayed? Guess what? Jesus' best friend betrayed him. Have you ever felt like people are just attacking you left and right? Guess what? That was Jesus' life 24-7. Have you ever ever felt unappreciated or unloved by your home or by your parents? Guess what? Jesus' parents forgot about him and left him at church and didn't notice it for three days. And it was Jesus. Can you, I mean, if I did that for my son, I'd feel bad. But I, I mean, I love Shepherd, but he's not Jesus, right? I mean, he went through it all, being forgotten, being betrayed. He even went through a moment where he had to trust God to do something he did not want to do. Do you realize what Jesus prays right before he goes to the cross? God, if there's any other way for this to happen, please do it another way. But it's not my will in my life, it's your will. I'm telling you, there is no more freeing place to be. And say, God, it's not my will, it's yours, so I'm just following you. A lot of people ask me, like, hey, when did you feel called to, to plant a church? I heard a pastor sharing about this, and it really reminded me and encouraged me of where, I am, where I'm at in my life. Like, when did you feel called to do that? Well, it wasn't in 2018 or 2017 when we started the journey to launch this church in 2019. It was when I was 13 years old, and I just said, God, I give my life to you. Whatever, whatever you're doing, I want to be a part of it. I mean, when you do that, it's amazing where God takes you. So here's, here's I want to give you this real quick. Four directions that I believe the star shows us in our life that we can follow. Number one 
is that we were created to look for purpose. Some of us in this room, people we know, you're looking for purpose in all the wrong places. And it leaves you nothing but frustrated and angry when you finally get it. I have heard there is no deeper sense of defeat or depression than when you finally get that one thing you have wanted your whole life. You achieve that recognition, or you get that job, or you find that relationship, and you finally wake up and you have it, and you feel the same way you've always felt. Same depression, same darkness. The hole is still there. Why? Because the only thing that can fill that void in your life is Jesus. Every person was created with an innate draw to your heavenly Father. And you can only, it can only be filled by Jesus. That's your purpose. Listen, whether my job changes, whether my relationship status changes, whatever it may be, I don't lose purpose in my life because my purpose is simply to know God and love the people around me. That's what, that's what Adam and Eve did in the garden, the very beginning of creation. Hey, enjoy this. Have a relationship with me and care about each other. We all look for purpose, and the problem is a lot of us, we've found it, but we've had it in our minds to say, oh, it's not enough. I need to do this or do that. Careful. Get a real dangerous place to be. Otherwise, then when you wake up and say, you know what, God? You've already done so much for me. And if you never do another thing for me, I'll still worship you. I'll still trust you. Why? Because God gave his son for you and Jesus gave his life for you. There's not much more to ask for. There's not much more we need. And for us, we can realize that the purpose that we're looking for is found in Jesus. We say it this way, but it works with a lot of stuff. Hope has a name, that name is Jesus. Well, in your life, purpose has a name and that purpose is Jesus. And just surrendering your life to him, giving him your life, your marriage, your family, your job, when you place those things in the hands of Jesus, man, he can do a miracle with it. It's amazing what happens. Second thing is, is sometimes that purpose, we find it immediately. Sometimes we find it eventually. I wish, you know, for after Christmas, my family, me, Adrian, the two boys, were driving to Blue Ridge, Georgia to stay in a cabin. I wish I could just go like this and the whole family's there. Just step through some sort of portal and there we are, woohoo! But it's gonna be an eventually eight hour drive with a four and a half year old and a three month old. We'll see how it goes, pray for us, right? But a lot of times that's life. Like it's a lot of eventually. I wish today that if you come up for prayer at the end of service or you're, you're experiencing God in your life right now in this moment through this message, I wish that immediately everything that you need God to do would happen when you walk out these doors. I wish that would happen for you. But not, well, it probably won't, it won't. Because number one, that doesn't help us because it doesn't build endurance or perseverance in us, which we need. But also, a lot of times, God's working out that eventually. Remember, the wise men saw the star when it appeared at the birth of Jesus, and years they followed it through the dark of night and through when they didn't know where to go. They just trusted this star in the sky that had never been there before. They didn't understand it, but they followed it. And I need to let you understand that you may not understand what God's doing, but you continue to trust him and follow him. Because what I love about this is sometimes you find it immediately, sometimes you find it eventually, but can I encourage you today, local city, you always find it because if you seek Jesus, you will find him every time. Come on, give me some thanks for that today because that is encouraging for us. Don't give up. Don't give up. I didn't start 
in my, my journey, I guess, of life here on the stage. I started simply by saying yes when they needed somebody to stack chairs for the kids' department on a part-time staff job at our sending church. Then they were like, hey, why don't you, do something? Why don't you step in and do something else? So I joined the production team. It wasn't as cool as it is now. Not computers or all these cool things. It was an overhead projector with a transparency. You had to lay the lyrics on there. Sometimes you put it backwards. Sometimes you put it upside down. And everybody noticed. But you kept doing it. You got better. I got really good, man. I knew, like, right when to fling it off and fling it back on and make sure it looked really good. And then it was after that, it was like, hey, why don't you, like, learn to play the guitar? We could use some more musicians. Okay, cool. I'll do that. It was okay. And then they said, hey, you can kind of sing. I emphasis kind of. And so I started singing a little bit on the worship team. Met this person named Adrian, right? And then stepped into a, a role as like a middle school pastor, like pretty much like the bottom rung of what you could start doing, but I loved it. And did that for six years and then did youth pastoring for six years. See, the thing I'm trying to convince you is when you follow Jesus, it, it's very humble, but eventually, man, you get to be in places you never could have achieved on your own. I could have never done this on my own. I take no ownership of like, this is here because of me. No. And Adrian would tell you the same thing. It's here because of God. And the one thing I can encourage you is the only reason we're here is because we've placed our hands in the lives of Jesus. And God would say, God, whatever you, whatever you want us to do, the answer is yes. Because number three is key, is life is not random. Life is not as random as it seems. There's a story taking place, a divine story. God's doing something around us. God's doing something in our culture. Every other organization and leader and figure is letting people down. And the divine story of the church is that the church does not let people down because God doesn't. It stays committed to the truth. It stays committed to Jesus. And I'm going to be a part of that story. No matter how hard it may be to stay aligned with it and to trust what the story is saying. But see, the thing is, it's not random. Every single step it's taken to get us here as local city church was not random. It was one small step in the right direction over a long period of time. You know what we had? We had the direction of Jesus, his star, his clarity in our life. And I want to encourage you with this today, local city. Small steps of obedience in the right direction over a long period of time will lead to the fulfilled life you're looking for, one full of purpose and power and strength. The last thing is this. Number four, if we choose to, we can be a part of that story. So as we close today, I want to encourage you with this story of, maybe you've asked yourself this. I'm going to close here in the next three minutes. Maybe you've asked yourself this. Why were the wise men even looking for a star? I asked that. Like, why were they, why were they even looking for a star? Why, that's just a weird thing to look for to symbolize someone being born, right? Like, why were they waiting for this star that was going to rise in the east and hover over the city of Bethlehem? Why were they looking for that? Well, to understand that answer... We have to go back to a guy by the name of Daniel in the Old Testament. And here's a prophecy that Daniel gives in his book of the Bible in the middle of the Old Testament. In Daniel chapter 9, here's what it says. If you go to the, go on, not that verse, the Daniel one. It says, A period of 70 sets of seven has been decreed for your people in your holy city to finish their rebellion, to put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, to bring an everlasting righteousness to confirm the prophetic vision and to anoint the most holy place. Sounds a little bit like what this guy that came on Christmas came to do. Forgive people of their sin and atone for our guilt and bring everlasting righteousness. Now listen and understand. 
Seven sets of seven plus 62 sets of seven will pass. And the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one. Anytime you see capital words, I mean, that's Jesus. Comes, Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite the perilous times. Now, this may not mean much to you, but let me tell you what's happening. This prophecy comes to Daniel after an angel by the name of Gabriel visits him. Gabriel is God's messenger. Also visits Mary to tell her, hey, you're going to have God's son, Jesus. But what precedes this is Daniel in a moment of complete trust in the Lord is serving an an evil king. This evil king has a dream he doesn't understand. And he calls all his wise men, the Magi around him, to interpret this dream. And they get it dead wrong. And the king is very upset. And he's going to kill all these wise men, all these Magi. And Daniel prays, God, give me some understanding so I can help these people. I don't want to see them killed. I don't want to see this act of evil continue to happen. And God gives him the prophecy. And forever from that moment, the wise men, the Magi, dedicate their lives to the God of Daniel, to studying him, to seeking him, to understanding what he's doing. And scholars believe that through that seeking and through that effect of Daniel and that example that Daniel was in their life, they found this verse that is discovered in the book of Numbers from another voice of the Lord. This is the message Balaam delivered. This is the message of Balaam, son of Beor, the message of the man whose eyes see clearly. The message of the one who hears the words of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who bows down with eyes wide open. I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. The town of Bethlehem is known as the city, the town of Jacob. And what we see in this story is the beauty of one person's understanding that God has shined bright in their life. Man, if they can do something for someone else, they're going to shine too. Because you are the light of the world. And I want to show you this quote as we close today. Love this. Wrote it down in my journal when I saw it. Throw it up on the screen for me so we can read it together. It is very likely the wise men knew to follow the star on their search for a savior because of the faithfulness of a certain Hebrew exile, Daniel, hundreds of years prior, who had the compassion and boldness to share his faith and the hope he found in the one true God. There are people around you who are just looking for someone who would share their faith with them, pray with them, care for them. You don't have to know all the right words, but you just got to be willing to step in the story. Why? Because Jesus stepped into our story through the star, through the bright shining, the example of the hope that has a name, and that name is Jesus. And I want you to know that's why we're here today. That's what Christmas is all about. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? Maybe you're here in this place, and you feel like God's doing something, you feel like he's speaking to you, or you just feel like, man, I need that relationship with Jesus today won't take a long time with this, but man, it is significant and powerful. And I believe God's spoken to you today, whether through the message or through worship, through just a joyful greeting at the door. Father, we thank you, and I pray that you would speak to people right now in this moment with your love and your voice of your Holy Spirit. And if you would say, you know what, Ryan, I don't want to leave this room the same. I want to give Jesus my life today. Would you just repeat this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. Dear Jesus, I give you my life life. I want to pray for you today. Father, for all those who are saying this prayer for the first time, 
pray that you would encourage them. Pray that you would bless them and speak to them clearly today. God, we know you're the greatest gift ever. Love you. Thank you. And I pray today they would know that you are with them today, Father. And the simple step is just to keep coming back to your church, to come back here to local city where they can get planted and grow in their relationship with you and know that star is always shining. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, let's give a good amen today as we stand to our feet. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church/give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.